Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to Podcastage. Today, I am back with a review of a microphone that uses the same capsule as the original Neumann U47. That microphone being the Microtech Gefell UMT70S. If you are interested in this microphone, it will cost around $1,640, and if I can find some links, I'll throw them in the description down below. Also, I will test this microphone on a higher-end interface as well as some outboard preamps, but for the majority of this review, I'm running it directly into the Focusrite 18i 22nd Gen. My gain is set at around 2 o'clock, recording 24-bit 48 kilohertz. I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it a little bit in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. And now let's talk about what comes in the box. First off, everything comes in this wooden storage case. You'll of course get the microphone, a little bit of documentation, and that's actually all that you get. You don't get any mount, any shock mount, no way to mount this in any way, shape, or form. I am using an Audio-Technica mount for this microphone. For $1,600, you don't even get a microphone mount. What a kick in the pants, eh? I'm so angry I became a Canadian. <laughs> then as far as the build quality, it does feel really well put together. It has an all metal body and shaft. The metal mesh grill feels very sturdy, but it did squeak while I was squeezing it. So I will say be careful with it. Directly beneath the capsule, this is where you can rotate this portion to select the polar pattern. Beneath that, you will find two switches, one for the high pass filter, another for the negative 10 dB pad. As we move around the microphone, there are no other switches. On the bottom, you will find the XLR port. And if it matters to you, this microphone is made in Germany. Then as far as the specs, this microphone has an omnidirectional, cardioid, and figure eight polar pattern, a frequency response of 40 hertz to 18 kilohertz, a sensitivity of approximately negative 43, negative 38, and negative 42 dB respectively, a self-noise of 14 dBA, an impedance of 150 ohms, a negative 10 dB pad, and a 90 Hz high-pass filter. Now, starting on the cardioid polar pattern, spinning around to 90 degrees so you can hear the off-axis rejection and coloration. Continuing around to 180 degrees, here's the rear of the capsule. Continuing around to the second 90 degree angle, and then rotating and ending at the front of the mic. Now on the omnidirectional polar pattern, moving around to 90 degrees, continuing around to 180 degrees, continuing to the second 90 degree angle, and then rotating and ending at the front of the microphone. Also check the doobly-doo or the lower third because I will have to boost these differently in post because the sensitivities are quite different from polar pattern to polar pattern. And finally, on the figure eight polar pattern, moving around to the first dead area should be incredibly quiet here. Continuing around to the second area of sensitivity, the rear capsule. Continuing around to the second null and dead area. And then rotating and ending at the front of the microphone. I'm sure that somebody is cringing right now, but let's test the plosive rejection of this thing. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Now I am right on top of the microphone to really exaggerate that proximity effect, and here is how that's sounding. Now I'm about three inches off of the mic with it pointed at the corner of my mouth, and here is how the audio is sounding. 
about one foot away from the microphone on the cardioid mode, two feet away from the microphone still on the cardioid mode, and about four feet away from the microphone on the cardioid mode. Now I am typing on a keyboard with Gatoron Blue switches to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. And for the one gaming folk out there looking at this microphone, now I am typing on the sad W and spacebar keys. Now here is how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room on the cardioid polar pattern. And here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room about six inches away from my mouth on the cardioid polar pattern. Now right here, this isn't really fair because I don't have a Gefell mic mount. I only have this Audio-Technica, but I'm going to do it anyways just for consistency's sake. And I'm going to tap on my desk to see how much of that noise it can reject and then I will tap on the boom arm. And now because I'm incredibly annoying and I want to be thorough, I am going to tap on the microphone to see if there are any kind of resonant frequencies. Now I want to test out the high pass filter on this thing, so I'm back right on top of it to really exaggerate that proximity effect. I do not have the high pass filter engaged currently, and here is how it's sounding. And now I've engaged that 90 hertz high pass filter, and you should hear quite a big difference in the low end. In my headphones, it changed the tone quite a bit, and also sounds a little bit funky. But there you go, that's just a very quick demo of the high pass filter on this thing. Now, in order to provide another point of reference, because I didn't want to just use the focus right, I'm running the Gefell through a microphone splitter, which is altering the impedance to 600 ohms, but then I'm running that out to the focus right, and then to the Universal Audio X8. And in order for you to hear the difference in quality that you would get from a higher end interface, I will be switching back and forth so you can hear the difference in sound between an entry level interface and a high level professional audio interface. I think that should be enough just so you can hear a quick back and forth. Now let's go ahead and try some outboard preamps. And for another point of comparison, now I'm running the microphone through that same microphone splitter. Again, that is altering the impedance slightly, but then I am running that out into the Universal Audio LA610 Mark II. So we're using a tube preamp. I am bypassing the compressor. My gain is set at plus five, level at six. So we are getting some tube coloration there. The EQ is also bypassed. And we are also simultaneously running through the Rupert Neve Designs Portico 5017. Again, the compressor is bypassed. I have my gain set to 42 decibels, and I do have the silk circuit engaged. It's not variable, it's just an on or off. And I am running both of these preamps into the Universal Audio X8 at plus four dBU line level. And I will have been switching back and forth between these two preamps so you can hear some different color and texture that you can get from using this microphone with different preamps, both solid state and tube. 
And now, like we always do, we're going to do a quick spoken word comparison between the microphone that we're reviewing and a bunch of other options out there so we can see how it stacks up against the competition. Like always, we'll start on the mic that we're covering. This is the UMT-70S cardioid mode. Six inches away, gain at two o'clock, and here's how it sounds. And first up, we're on the Neewer NW700, a $25 microphone. Gain was decreased to 12 o'clock, and I am six inches off. And here's how this sounds compared to the Gefell. All right, back again on the Microtech Gefell so you can cleanse your palate and hear how this sounds. Let's jump to another microphone. Now we are on the Audio-Technica AT2020, a $100 condenser microphone, six inches off, gain it to a clock, and here's how it sounds. Let's jump back to the Gefell and do more mix-ups. And for a third time, we're back on the Gefell. Here is how it's sounding, nothing has changed. Let's jump to another mic. Now I am on the Neat King B2, which is a $170 cardioid-only condenser microphone, six inches off, my gain is at one o'clock, and here is how this sounds. Let's jump back to the Gefell and do more of these. In case you forgot how it sounds, we are back on the Microtech Gefell UMT-70S cardioid mode, two o'clock on the gain, six inches away, and let's do more comparisons. Now we are on the Lewitt LCT 440 Pure. This is a $270 cardioid-only condenser microphone, six inches off, gain at one o'clock, and here is how this sounds compared to a $1,640 microphone. Let's do more comparisons. I am sure you are not surprised, but we're back on the Gefell. Nothing has changed still, and here is how it's sounding. Let's do another one of these things. All right, now we are on the Rode NT1, which is a $270 cardioid-only condenser microphone. I am six inches off, my gain is at one o'clock, and here is how this sounds compared to the Gefell. Let's jump back to the Gefell and do a lot more of these back-to-back comparisons. All right, because I wanted to change up the palate cleanser, now we are on the NW700. Just kidding, this is still the UMT-70S. Why would it be anything else? Let's jump to another mic. Now we are on the Shure KSM-32, which is another cardioid-only condenser microphone. I am six inches off. My gain is at two o'clock. And this goes for $500, if I didn't say that. No filters, no pads engaged. Let's jump to the next one. I don't know why I made that dumb joke. I am sure it confused somebody, but we are on the Gefell. Here's how it sounds. Let's do more comparisons. Now we are on the Neumann TLM-102, which is a $700 cardioid-only condenser microphone. I am six inches off. My gain is at two o'clock. And here is how this sounds. If I didn't say this, check the lower third to see how much I boost each of these mics in post. Let's jump back to the Gefell and do more comparisons. All right, back again on the Microtech Gefell so you can cleanse your palate and hear how this sounds. Let's jump to another microphone. Now we are on the Neumann TLM-103, which is another cardioid-only condenser microphone. This costs around $1,100. Six inches off, my gain is still at two o'clock. And here is how this sounds. Let's jump back and do more of these because we are not done yet. I don't know how many of these we have done because I just do a bunch of these and then edit in post. Gefell, this is what it sounds like. Let's jump to another mic. 
Now we are on the SIU-023 bomblet. This is another cardioid-only condenser microphone. This one goes for around $1,200. I am six inches off of this thing. My gain is set at one o'clock. And here is the Russian offering at this price point. Let's jump back to the Germans and do more of these. I think we have one or two more to go. This is the Microtech Gefell first, so you can hear how it sounds. Let's compare it to a microphone. And now we are on the first multi-pattern microphone in this comparison. This is the AKG C414 XLS. Leave your angry comments below. <laughs> I am on the cardioid mode, no filters, no pads, gain at two o'clock. And here is how this sounds for $1,200. Let's jump back and do more comparisons. I am sure you are not surprised, but we're back on the Gefell. Nothing has changed still, and here is how it's sounding. Let's do another one of these things. Now we are on the Austrian Audio OC818. I am six inches off. My gain is at 230 for this fella. Cardioid mode, no pad, no filter, and this costs $1,250. I misspoke. The 414 is 1220 not 1200 so we are going in order of price. There you go, Austrian audio. Let's jump back to the Gefell. All right, back again on the Microtech Gefell so you can cleanse your palate and hear how this sounds. Let's jump to another microphone. Now we are on the chunkiest of boys, the Lauten Audio FC387. I think I got the model number right. This is the Atlantis, $1,600, multi-pattern condenser microphone, cardioid mode, neutral mode, not forward, not gentle. And here is how this sounds, six inches away, gain at 230. Let's jump back to the Gefell and do one more, I think. And to wrap up, you know exactly what microphone we're going to be comparing it against. This is the Microtech Gefell UMT70S, six inches off, cardioid mode, gain at two o'clock, and here's how it sounds. Let's jump to the final microphone. And to wrap up, we are on the Neumann U87AI, six inches off, gain at around 11.30, cardioid mode, no pads, no filters. This goes for around $3,600, so not really a fair comparison, but this is a control from video to video. And there you go. Those are all the microphone comparisons we're doing. In the midst of recording this, I grabbed about three or four more just out of curiosity, so this went on way too long. Let's jump to the music test now, because golly gee willikers, this is going on too long! Now why you gotta hate what's on my face today? Cause now I gotta keep it there Cause I know that it drives you insane Hit that note, but I can't hit that note Just glide 
That was terrible. <laughs> but honestly, this is that's the only reason this is still here, because the comments of people being annoyed about something so inconsequential bring me joy. I get joy out of your suffering. I don't like this. I hate this. But your suffering brings me joy. <laughs> so let's go to the conclusion now. All right. I think that this is an incredible sounding microphone. I really do enjoy it, but it's not without its faults. And first up, as far as pros, this may come across as a cop-out, but it has to be the sound of this thing. The way that it handles harshness and sibilance is just beautiful. In my opinion, it doesn't seem to have any issues in the upper frequencies with harsher sound sources, whether it be a harsher voice like mine or whether it be an overly distorted guitar. And I imagine that that is due to the use of the M7 capsule, which is just a classic capsule. Like I mentioned at the beginning, it is the capsule that was used in the original U47s, and you're getting that great, more mid-forward sound. Another couple of pros, and yes, I'm adding this in post, the omnidirectional polar pattern on this thing has to be the most even that I have ever heard. There was almost zero fluctuation in tone all the way around the microphone. It was so incredibly impressive. And on that note, the off-axis coloration on this thing really is not bad. So if you do end up with room reflections or if you're in a really nice room, that's not going to ruin the recording. But then as far as cons, the polar pattern is pretty unforgiving. So if you're in an untreated space or if you have a bunch of background noise, tread lightly because it is going to pick that up. Also, the main con for me about this microphone has to be the resonance. It doesn't ring out like a bell for an extended period of time, but there is a dominant and very noticeable tone to it. Even if you tap the cable, you can hear that. You need to be extremely careful with this microphone. I would not recommend using it in an area where you will be moving around or where you risk touching it or even looking at it because that is so obnoxious. And lastly, there is quite a big annoyance for me. Spending $1,600 and not getting any form of mounting apparatus. I opened the box and thought, did they forget to include it? But no, there is no mounting apparatus that comes with this microphone, and I think that is crappy. For $1,600, call me crazy, but I do think you should be getting everything that you need to use the microphone right out of the box. It would be preferable to get a shock mount given the resonance of this thing, but given that there's currently nothing in the box, I think that a firm mount would be acceptable. And that just left a bad taste in my mouth, and I had to include it and point it out and complain about it. I know, oh, first world problems. I know, I get it. And now, what are my overall thoughts and opinions of this microphone? On the electric guitar, I thought this thing sounded absolutely outstanding. You're getting this really nice and clear low end, and that's because it does have this natural roll-off in the bass. Then you're getting a more mid-forward and very punchy sound, but it maintains this smooth tone. I really enjoyed the mids on this thing. And then the top end captures a lot of information. It captures all the grit of the distorted guitar, but it doesn't become grating at any point. It handles that top end so incredibly well. Then on the acoustic guitar, again, I thought that it sounded great. And if I could describe the sound with one word, it would have to be gooey. 
It does offer a more tamed but still a very pleasing and robust body in the low end. Then you're getting that more mid-forward sound, and that's where I think a lot of that gooiness is coming from. And then the top end, it's still capturing a lot of the attack and articulation on the strings, but it is definitely not dominant. So if you're looking for a very airy sound, this isn't offering that, but if you're looking for a more mid-forward and still articulate sound, I think this is offering exactly that. Next up for singing, I absolutely loved this thing on my voice for this application. That natural roll-off in the low end cleans up any kind of mud on the voice. Then you get this very smooth but also forward midsection, which just gives the voice a bit of a pop. And then in the top end, you are definitely getting less airiness, but it is still very clear. I would just classify it as more of a vintage sound, and I loved it on my voice for this application. For singing, if you're looking for that more vintage sound, absolutely beautiful. And lastly, for spoken word, again, I think it's a great sounding microphone for that application. The low end doesn't have too much body or oomph to it, and this is one of the rare microphones where I did actually use a low shelf EQ on it. And for the remainder of this video, I will throw on that EQ and throw up the EQ profile on the screen here so you can see what I did. But above the low end, you are getting that more mid-forward sound. If you want that, it does it so beautifully. But if you hate more mid-forward microphones, you aren't going to like it. And then that top end handles everything so incredibly well. No sibilance, no harshness, just beautiful. And to wrap up, would I recommend the Microtech Gefil UMT-70S? For music, absolutely I would. I loved this on everything that I threw it at. The electric guitar, the acoustic guitar, singing. It just sounds incredible. So if you're looking for a multi-pattern microphone that does that more vintage mid-forward sound, tames that harshness in the top end beautifully, but you don't want to spring for a vintage U47 or a more expensive microphone with the M7 capsule, I think this is a wonderful choice to add to your mic locker. And then for spoken word, I want to say that I would absolutely recommend it, but I am kind of on the fence. It has nothing to do with the sound. I think it sounds incredible. And if you are in a treated room where you don't have to worry about reflections, if you have the mic in a position where you don't have to worry about bumping it, and if you do want that more mid-forward and smooth top-end sound, then absolutely I would recommend it. But if you don't meet that criteria, if you don't meet those criteria, I think this becomes a harder sell because it will pick up a lot of the room, it will pick up any time you bump the mic or the cable, and it is more mid-forward. If you don't want that, move on. All right, that's gonna wrap up for this video. I have to say I was so excited to test out this microphone because it's the first time that I have used that M7 capsule, that legendary M7 capsule, and I'm thrilled that I was able to do it. So if you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. If you hated it, give me a big old thumbs down. Subscribe to the channel if you want more videos like this. There's videos once or twice every single week. And you can also join the Discord, hang out all day, talk about microphones, podcastage.com slash Discord, and that's about it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you Friday or next week sometime. Talk to you later.